Hello everyone, this is Jim the Keys bartender coming to you from Key Largo. It's November 3rd, election day uh, in the United States. I know we get a lot of listeners outside. We got you, we have you in India. I'd like to say hello to my Indian listeners. I appreciate you. Um, and uh, But mainly, it's recently most of our listeners have been outside of uh, Florida, which was my intent, which is still, you know, it's good to have a nice mix of people living here and living around. It is a windy day. It's been windy last uh, yesterday and today. I expect a couple more days. Just gusty, 30, 40 mile per hour winds coming in. Uh, and yes, it is election day, but it is beautiful for people that don't need to go underwater. Uh, I mean, if you're an extreme sail. Uh, you know, kite border or something like that is probably really great. But uh, right now it's bad for fishing and diving and things like that. But, um, you know, it's a little rough on the water. But it's a great time to come and visit. You know, the, the weather, it's, even though it's windy, you're not getting hit by stuff. It's just pleasant. You know, it's going to go up to 79 today. You don't, you don't see that a lot down here until December. So yeah, last night we slept with the windows open. And there's a lot of fear and trepidation going on concerning the presidential election. And uh, like I said, most of the listeners, I think, uh, have one particular point of view. And then there's a a smaller minority that has another. Uh, I will get off my high horse today and uh, instead of you know, criticizing the person I don't like, and, you know, I'll just let it be, but you need to go out and vote if you haven't voted yet, if you're an American citizen and you're eligible to vote, make sure you vote, uh, you should have, in most places, you, you should have had an opportunity to vote earlier, so you shouldn't make an excuse for today, today is one that, uh, once again, if you didn't vote, uh, after the election, shut the fuck up. I don't want to hear this. They're both corrupt thing and all that stuff. And then comp- hear you complain for four years. I'll let people that I do not uh, have the same political views say sh- more shit than you guys. Okay, the title of the show is the 1980 Copper and Palace Station Wagon. And yes, I realize the picture I put on the episode is not an Impala. But it's close enough. Actually, the Impala was an uglier. It was faded copper. I had it. I owned it in not in 1980, which I don't know if it's worse. If you owned a 1980 uh, copper-colored station wagon, single guy, if you knew owned it when it was brand new, unless you need a station wagon or something like that, or because you had a family, or if you. Uh, bought it used. Now, I bought it used because it was, I think it was $300, $400 I bought it. And it ran great. But it was one ugly car. It was a vinyl, beige vinyl interior, uh, copper on it, faded copper. Worse than that was kind of gold, the one you see on the episode. And, uh, but it ran great. It did, really did run great. I just, you know, it had wor- worn out tires and stuff like that. But I did, uh, it ran great for a while. And 
one I wanted to talk to was about the uh, obsession with vehicles and, and things and possessions. Uh, when it comes to relationships and stuff like that, guys, uh, a lot of guys have this thing, need to impress women. Or trying to, I hope they're trying to impress women, or they can impress other guys or something like that with the kind of vehicle they drive or the possessions they have. And, you know, they, the sharper or the more trendy the thing, like if you had a, a Tesla Model X or a, um, a Porsche, did they even make the 911 anymore? Whatever, whatever it is, the Porsche, the Porsche Cayenne that SUV or something like that. There's some people have it for status and things like that. But let me tell you about the copper color station wagon. And I'll, I'll tell you about, the, let me tell you about the amount of, the kind of cars I had growing up. Even, um, I, I've never once owned a brand new car, except when I was driving a, I didn't own it, but except when I was driving, driving a demonstrator when I was selling cars my last year in college and on the in the summer the last um, let me think about it I'll start out the first car I had was a 1967 Malibu midnight blue mag wheels moon hubcaps it was a beautiful car beautiful midnight blue um, it wasn't a big engine uh, I think it was a 307 six straight six inside it but you know that was a great car but I did the, the thing about it and I, I'll relate it to the story uh, I was just 16 then when I got that car and I had it for one and a half years two years I I think the um, pistons went in a shot a, a couple piston rods in that vehicle but then eventually I, I sold that and the next vehicle I got was, uh, well, actually my father helped me purchase too, was a Ford F- Fury. And I think it was like a 1970 Ford Fury. And they were big ass tanks. It was, I think it was a four door, if I'm not correct. I think it was a four door. No, no, it could have been. It was just a big car and it was a big. A big coupe with his big ass swinging doors, and that may have been copper color. And after that, I had a 1980. I had that for a little while, and then I, when I was in college, I was just borrowing my father's car most of the time. And then I had, uh, towards the end of college, I had a a white. 1980. Look at that. Three cars in the 1980s, but as you go further away from 1980. It's decidedly bad. I bought this car. It was a 1980 AMC Hornet with a Levi interior. And it was crappy Levi upholstery. You know, it's just like having a brand new denim you're sitting on. And denim brand new sucks. You need to have that pre-wash shit. And my brother drove it into a bridge. He, that was the one uh, my brother put a Bose stereo in it. I had bought the vehicle for a hundred bucks for my brother-in-law. It lasted for like three years. It was a, it was a little, you know, straight. I think it was a straight six, but it ran great. It was easy to fix, and 
all this stuff. My brother ran into a bridge. I had replaced a fender uh, on it. Uh, he put a Bose stereo in it, and it was easily worth two and a half times what I purchased the vehicle for. And he parked it near a elevated train station in Philadelphia, and someone broke the rear passenger mirror to get a mirror window in order to take the stereo, I think. Um, so that was that. And then there was a little couple years lapse, and then I had a copper-colored wagon. And that was... I used another one for me. My friends in Philadelphia may remember this little... I had this... The company car was a, a little Chrysler town and country wagon. But prior to the town and country... And I had a Bonneville. I had a Pontiac, Pontiac Bonneville, too. So... What I meant to relate to it. And... Is if... You knew if a, oh, you went on a first date and a girl is, decided to have a second date or decided to get intimate to, with you after you picked them up in the copper-colored 1980 Impala wagon, you knew that she was mainly interested in you. And I dated more than several girls with that uh, car. I mean, the, the white AMC Hornet, the... Uh, the Fury, all those cars, they were not exactly chick magnets. The Malibu was, the Malibu 1967 Malibu was, but I was 16 at the time. I didn't have those skills. Matter of fact, but as I, when I, I reached, I wouldn't say the height of my skills because I reached my height, of, I believe I reached my height of skills now, but my looks and my height of my skill, when I had the copper color wagon, and that was probably... 1989 or 90 and when you see I mean I'd see guys with Camaros and uh, Firebirds little Miatas then you had Corvettes and all shit like that back in 89, 90 and here I'm driving around with a copper colored Malibu wagon Uh, yeah I mean, you get wrapped up in this thing. But you know if you're driving one of these cars and someone gets in the car with you, you know they're there for you, not for the car. So just keep that in mind when you're thinking of a relationship. Do Does the person want the possessions that you have? Or are they more interested in you? If you have don't have a lot of possessions, but you do maintain yourself, you got to have to bring something to the table. you got to have some ambitious... Ambition. You have to have some little earning power. You got to have some uh, personal hygiene. You know, intelligence helps, and being friendly and caring and nurturing. All that stuff happens, but that's things you find out later. So you got to get that hook in them, and that's men or women in their first couple dates. And some people use thought the vehicle. The vehicle was the thing to do it. I, I disagree with that. I even think if you had a great vehicle, you should borrow a shitty one to do that. But really what interested me about this, made me think about it, was I've been reading since COVID-19 came out. I've been really fascinated by these advice columns. Think about advice columns. People write in to complete strangers and ask them, you know, I'm at work and my, my friend 
I think my friend is bulimic because every time we go out to lunch, she runs in the bathroom. And uh, before then, she's just a gobble down the food that we have and then she'll come back and she'll, she'll have brushed her teeth and all that stuff and she'll just say she feels a lot better but she always looks a little pale. I used to date a girl like that who always looked like she was binging and purging because we would eat, eat like a maniac and then afterwards and she never really put on weight. Uh, she wasn't like a uh, working out like a monster. So you hear stuff like that or I've been sleeping with my Stepmother, my stepmother. I'm sleeping with my mother-in-law. That's a that's well, that's not that's more like a hustler one, isn't it? I'm sleeping with my mother-in-law. Uh, but yeah, they've been getting kind of freaky. Some of the things you hear about, like people. Well, the standard one is like my cousin and I, or sister. Oh my God, you hear the ones that kind of creep you out when you say we're we're in our sixties and um, it's my we're we're. Uh, brother and sister, and I'm not even going to go into worse than that because you may be eating. But um, they kept on showing up, and it's kind of like one of those things that just come in and get you. Just wanting to get you things. Like, it's almost like the, uh, believe it or not, museum. They always put the, the spigot that's not attached to a pipe, and it just has, it looks like water's just running out of there from thin air. No place to get you to go to their stupid, believe it or not, museum. And it's mainly or not. You know? If someone says for 90 years this person slept on the bed and nails, or not. Not not true. I mean, they may have slept once or twice or you know, maybe even a month or a year. Sure, that's great. Um, but, or the little baby. No, that's... Guinness used to have that with the little baby smoking. So I've been fascinated. There's tons of it. It used to be Dear Abby and Ann Landers. That was it. And why you get advice is from advices. Why you'd get advice from these two middle, two elderly. They were, they actually, I think, they, I'm not sure. I don't think they were brother, uh, sisters. But why you'd get advice from these women, I don't know. They were kind of somewhat moderate to open-minded. But, you know, usually with some you know, crazy stuff, if if you're sending a letter to Dear Abby and Dear, or Ann Landers, and now it's Harriet and all these other ones, um, if you're sending letters to them, usually the only ones that get the first ones that get the real head or it's something crazy to happen. So why would you ask someone like that to give you advice if you know automatically they're probably going to frown upon it? But this one recently, and here I am, you know, and I'm talking about why do, how do I get into that? How do I get in my feed? Well, probably because I click on it because I see the beginning and then I say, oh, shit, this doesn't, this isn't exciting and the advice is pretty stupid, you know. It makes sense. But it, it, it was a Dear Abby, I think it was. Or Dear whoever. I'll cut to the chase. The man's in his 40s or 50s and he lives with his fiance. His fiance, he knew, was by curious Okay, there's a... There's a red alert. Not that that's right or wrong or something like that. I'm just saying, there, you know, he knew that. And he said... 
that his wife was getting friendly with someone, one of his co-workers, who was also who was married. And they would uh, come over to the house, and uh, he would kind of take off to his own room while they played. Now, he didn't go into any um, detail, but it sounded like, it's not like they were going to play Monopoly or the Game of Life. It sounded like they were in some girl on plays uh, fun. You know, girl on girl fun. Maybe a little scissoring, whatever you want to uh, do there. And um, he, they actually invite him into it. So there's a whole thing to unpack right there. And he goes, uh, it seems to be getting more and more, he says. And I wonder, is this, the, is this should I be worried? Okay. So your, your, your fiancé is inviting someone else over of the same sex, which it, it would be just as bad if it was someone of the opposite sex. So I don't, I don't see it any worse or less. Um, but either you're on board with it or you're not. I, I mean, obviously, it sounds like you're somewhat on board with it. If it doesn't bother you, is someone telling you that you should be upset? Because if you didn't say no, 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 no in the beginning, I'm not happy with this, or just leave, then obviously you don't have, that's not a deal breaker for you. So you must love the woman. So if that's all right, talk it out. Say, hey, listen, this is the way it is. Uh, uh, I'm not going to join in. Maybe, I don't know if it's because the other woman may not be super hot. You know, maybe, maybe he's much more attracted to his uh, fiance than he is to the co-worker. Or he's not interested in that thing. That's always a real thing. But it's kind of interesting that you wouldn't be interested in that thing. And then your fiance would. But you're not, th- you're not seeing a red flag go up. Just a big interest, you know. It's like, oh my, uh, and I'm not equating being uh, bisexual or gay to being a serial killer, but it is a big difference of lifestyle if your mate is going to be uh, swinging by, you know, with uh, doing same se- having same sex relationships while you're having a. Uh, a opposite sex, a heterosexual relationship, and she's having on the side. She's having, uh, uh, and if she says bisexual, when what could there be a guy one day? Could be a guy. Would you be okay with that? And if the answer is yes with that, then I would say. And if you don't have, they didn't answer. I don't think know if they answer this way, but most of the time they say, yeah. Listen, they the person. You know, normally when you get engaged, you usually set the important things like, well, I accept if we're going to get engaged, that means we're going to be married. And if you're going to get married, that means just the two of you. Unless you're in some kind of group that believes in plural marriage, which, like I said, is fine as long as you agree on it. That's okay. If it was open, if the plan was open before you were getting married, no problem. But why the fuck would you get married if it was open? I don't get understand an open marriage. It's more of a business situation then. If you get married and you fuck around with other people and they know about it. I mean, I understand the jealousy thing and stuff. And there's another thing. You just got to remember when someone's experimenting outside, you know, they're traveling outside your relationship and stuff like that. There is always a possibility 
that they will get more interested in someone they met. And it's always a little more exciting. That person is always more exciting than a person that they've seen their uh, dirty, skid-marked underwear going to wash. The other person is so much more, you know, they they have not walked in the bathroom after they had a particularly bad Mexican meal. They have not been into contentious arguments over finances or where to go on vacation or who to see on Thanksgiving. So all these relationships are going to look good. And it's purely physical. They're purely physical. So they're already going to be a little more excited than they are to see them than to see you. Where your relationship is somewhat physical, I'm assuming, because if it isn't, why the fuck once again would you want to get married? Is it the dying alone thing? Okay, then that's you got to parse that in there. So if you hope one day that it's just going to be you two hanging out, gardening together, going to the supermarket, shopping for furniture online, deciding whether you want to go on a cruise, all-inclusive, or an adventure vacation, or something like that, then, you know, if, you're, if you don't have a problem every couple weeks that someone's going to be coming home with someone else and you're going to be there then have at it but just beware that that relationship is not you know and you know what a lot of people say that monogamy is not natural in human beings or you know I I believe that when I was younger that that was the truth and it's always exciting to that get a little strange. It, you know, very exciting. You don't, but you don't know that other person. When I say you don't know that other person, I'm not talk, just talking about what STDs they may have or what psychological problem they have that they're planning on eating your liver or making a lamp out of you. I'm talking about you don't know how they are when there's a little contention going on in your lives. Whether if they're generally a positive person or a negative person. You know, it's, it's amazing how many people get involved with negative people and they just, you know, they say, I can't understand it. This person's so freaking negative. They're bringing me down all the time. I hate to be around this person. I said, you married them? You didn't know this? You see, and things, people do change. People do change. And, you know, when your body ages, sometimes the physical discomfort of it can change your demeanor. But some people that are more anchored in their self-assuredness of what kind of person they are, they, they don't have a tendency not to change as much. And people do have a tendency to go to extremes as they get older and things like that when you're younger and you're handsome or beautiful and thin and everything's so easy and you don't have any family, you have very relatively few debts, and you have more road in front of you than you have behind you, then yes, what the fuck. But Jesus Christ, you're about to get married, and you're writing someone in the newspaper about your relationship. Someone you don't know. You know from their example stuff like that, but you don't even know. You you may you get the letters from you see the letters of people responding sometimes to say, "Oh, thanks for advice. It really worked." I mean, you get it. You solicit advice from a stranger, and you take it to heart. That means that uh, 
you really didn't have, you don't have a decision made up on yours. And you'd have to be really firm on your belief on whether this will work for you or this doesn't. Now, the best situation may be like, okay, we'll keep the engagement going, see where it goes. I'll join in if I can, see if I like it. If I like it, great. So what? We'll have a good time together. You know, and I still emotionally, I mean, there's people with advanced outlook. I'm saying, oh, well, well, I love my fiance as a friend. I find her attractive, beautiful, and sexually, you know, sexually turns me on all the time. And I find it even more exciting when we bring someone into the mix. And that person, you either add to it or take it away from it. And, you know, if you have that attitude, sure. Go at it. Have a great time. But I'm telling you, if you're sitting in your room and your fiance's bringing other people home, and even though they ask you to join in, it's probably a half-hearted one because they probably know you already. If you weren't going to join in, you were going to join in, you're not going to join in. Are you going to walk by one day, you know, in your T-shirt, maybe not, you know, in your boxers? And you go, hey, mind if I join? Yeah, you better get it. You better get in shape or something like that. And maybe uh, take a little, well, I mean, you may not need a little helper. Because there's a possibility. I mentioned all the possibilities that your partner could end up falling in love with that. But think about this other possibility. Think about if you decide to get along with someone and you said, hmm, okay, yeah, we'll bring someone in. Think of how you may not even, you may hate that other person. You may not dislike this person so much that you can't be around them. And your partner really likes them. So, you know, some people live with that, but they don't live with it in their bedroom as much. God, I mean, I've seen this show, poly, Polyamorous, where, you know, that when someone's in a multiple uh, polygamous uh, relationship, uh, uh, polyamorous relationship, and one of the people doesn't like the one of the other people. Oh well, Jesus Christ! And then you find out. So I'm the I'm the long term one. So that's it. So just just think this out when you get engaged and someone says, "Hey, how about if we bring someone in?" Well, why the fuck am I getting engaged? Then? That's not everything I have to say on that, but we're going to move on to that. Coming back to the election. It's election day. We don't know what's going to happen today. The polls are going back and forth and stuff like that. And I know people say, you know, everyone was assured last year that Clinton, of last year, last presidential election 2016, that Clinton was going to win. And it turned out that it was a matter of 70,000 votes across the Midwest. Well, as of yesterday, almost 95% of the people, uh, 95% of the number of people that voted in 2016 voted. And then we have all the rest of today. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if we had another 25, 30%. And yes, the people that show up today may or may well be more likely to be supporting Donald Trump. Who knows? Uh, will it be enough to break the lead that Biden has in uh mail-in votes and uh, early vote, uh, we'll find that out tonight. Hopefully we'll find that out tonight. And hopefully everyone's vote will be counted. 
Hopefully everyone's votes would have. If they had their, um, I, I think even conservative court justices, even Supreme Court justices, maybe one or two, would have a problem with throwing out good ballots, throwing out the baby with the bathwater. So if they're looking to discount a whole bunch of t- uh, ballots for some reason without having a valid reason, and they don't have a valid reason because they're trying to restrict, they're trying to disenfranchise people right now. And that's their, one of their big uh, things. They're going to say, if we can disenfranchise, they're not saying disenfranchise. If we can get these ballots discredited, then this will tilt the numerical advantage to us, numerical advantage. But I have a feeling that in uh, a lot of the blue wall states and stuff like that, we're going to see them swinging um, more traditionally to the side. And in if one or two of the reliably red or leaning red ones go the opposite direction, it could be an early night. And I understand that even um, uh, the the uh, Trump campaign is talking about doing um, an, a very aggressive uh, response to any lead that may occur on the after the polls close. Well, that's, you know, relaxed. It's not over until it's over. They can go and declare anything they want. They declare, I'm king of the world. I'm king of the world. They can declare that. But that doesn't mean it's true. So I think it's a very slippery road to disenfranchise people for sake. And that's one of their best chances right now to be able to disenfranchise uh, a portion of the early vote in order to benefit a win in one of the swing states. Because obviously, it's they're not going to do it in Alabama, Mississippi, Montana. They're going to go Republican. So why even mess around with that? They'll let them go. But in swing states, in Texas, Florida, Arizona, Pennsylvania, uh, maybe North Carolina. Uh, but uh they're going to contest as they're going to contest all the votes that are going against them, even the military votes. They mentioned he mentioned something about the military absentee military votes. So all this bullshit about protecting our fighting uh, men and women is it, just total bullshit. So remember this. And then you're going to hear people have trepidation and fear because they fear that there's going to be violence afterwards. There may or may not. But being having fear of things that happen in the future could restrict you from moving. So be careful. Just be careful out there. There could be, a, there, could be there may not be any violence. It could be, it could be celebration. Who knows? knows what's going to happen tonight. We don't know. But remember, we have a history of being able to get through it. We did it during, and I'll, I'm not I'm not going to cite as my number one example the Civil War, because that was defined across geographic lines. There was uh, the Mason-Dixon line south. Uh, there were slaveholding states and non-slaveholding states, and the powers that be in slaveholding states uh, didn't want to lose 
uh, their means of production and wanted to preserve their peculiar lifestyle or peculiar whatever they call it this thing but that was geographic and things so this is all spread out all over the place um, there's there's states right in the middle there's no there's going to be you know you, you you really can't do this geographically so it's more like the American Revolution and toward the American Revolution you had Britain's colonial empire in North America uh, at least the ones in the traditional lower 48 states not Canada um, everyone tends to think that they revolted in mass that it was huge well it was actually uh, close to 50-50 there were 50% of the um, a lot of people wanted to remain loyal to the crown they believed that the British monarchy was a means of protecting them against uh, the menace of uh, French and Spanish uh, imperialism they worried about the French coming over. You know, I mean, oh, he's in the head. He's like French and Spanish. You know, he's the boogeyman for them. So they thought of protecting, also protect them from, uh, it would protect them from Indian attacks. And it was also a means for them to have access to all these different markets. But the the people that were the American, uh, for the, the American Revolution or separation from Great Britain, they believed that the trade pal- policy and the re- representations were unfair and that trade um, on their own they would benefit uh, extremely well by having Britain as their let's say uh, more of a parent so we, we made it through that and afterwards what happened after the American Revolution well they didn't keep on fighting afterwards. There wasn't once the war. I mean, eventually it was, it, there were battles that occur. There are always battles that occur after they're done. But it was actually the battles were done uh, probably a year before they signed the uh, the treaties with Britain. You know, making permanent the separation and King George's third accept the King George of England accepted it. And the loyalists, some of the loyalists left and went back to the, uh, I was going to say United Kingdom, I don't think it was, it was, but they went back to Great Britain and lived there, and some of them stayed. Yeah, some of them stayed and stayed. And then it became part of the political process. And it was pretty hateful, they had stuff going on in revolution. There were spies, some civilians were hung, anybody's, uh, thought of aiding and abetting the enemy which was the patriots on uh, the revolutionaries would be uh, they could be hanged very easily just no problem you just have a magistrate do that so we had that and of course we had the civil war Spain a lot of countries had civil wars Spain had a civil war the uh, United Kingdom had a civil war we had Cromwell and they're still together. They are still together. It's just like a family. We are a family right now. A family, a dysfunctional family at it. Where uh, about, I I have to say, about a third of the people are diehard 
uh, maybe a little less than a third, let's say thir uh, 25% of the electorate are very fervent Trump supporters for different reasons. Some economically, others because they don't like Biden and this and that. But most of them are, are this is Trump's party right now. And so you have a small, and then you have the people that are going along with it. I just want my, I don't want my taxes to go up. I don't want to do this. I don't believe in universal health care. I, I don't believe in universal uh, higher education and things like that. And they just have a worldview about that. And they go along with it and say, well, and I'm worried about socialism, which uh, is not what they're proposing. But, uh, you know, it's funny. Every time a Democratic president has takes taken off his last couple of years is always about socialism and what goes well under a democratic president the stock market the stock market under Clinton under Obama the stock market did well so there's rich people it's not like there's no rich people matter of fact there's just a greater gap when there's a Republican and when this one I don't know how he's getting these these toothless meth people in uh, you know these uh, these royal counties to support him and to show up, thinking that he has anything to do with it, he's he he doesn't really care about him. But that's that, and we'll find out at the end of the day. Now we'll find out tonight. It'll be uh, if it goes uh, with the. The vote that's brought in, if uh, Biden wins the electoral votes, then it, it should be, you know, it'll be a little nasty maybe because Trump won't want to leave and things like that. He may try to do kind of like a, a blow everything up the last couple of months because he's afraid of what's going on. Hey, you got the, you got the Supreme Court. You got the Supreme Court. Now, so he'll have to fight that out. He'll have to try to fight it in the court. Eventually, the court will have a choice. He says, listen, we get disenfranchised people or we just say, we got It's uh, Biden is the next president. And that'll be it. Same thing goes with Trump. Trump wins tonight legitimately. But it'll have to be in states where they counted all the, if they counted all the uh, mail-in votes. I mean, obviously, there's states where he's going to be probably winning by five, six points, some of those ruby red states. But those other states, you can't do that. So I, I think with a Trump win, will be dragged out. With a Biden win, it'll be a lot shorter. Uh, I'm not declaring either one that I think there's a much greater chance that Biden will win tonight. I believe he'll win by over uh, 10 million popular votes. And uh, 30, uh, at least 30 more, probably like 300 or more electoral votes. I mean, it's, it's definitely not going to be a landslide, but it's definitely be a lot more popular votes for Biden. And about, it'll work out to be about 50 more electoral votes for uh, Biden also. That's my call. I've been wrong before, and if I had not had the podcast before, which I hadn't had the podcast before, I had. Uh, I was thinking about the the chronology of this, that 
I did not, uh, I had an idea that maybe I would like to do a podcast at the time of our elections, but some personal things were going on in my wife's family at the time, so I I didn't do it. And then in the, I think it was March of 2016, I said, man, that would be pretty cool if I did that. I think... I, if I had a podcast, and then I just went ahead and did it, crappy or not, I apologize for some of the shit that went out. Uh, also, I'd like to address, there's always someone that comes to me and says, you know what, you should have me on your podcast. I would love to talk on your podcast. And then they listen to a couple episodes. Uh, they say, oh, I have something really important to say. I have it about this issue. I have it about that issue. Well, what happens with most people when it rubber hits the road, when they are about to be interviewed, a lot of times there's fear and trepidation, much like this uh, election. They're afraid, well, what if I sound stupid? I've sounded stupid for almost every episode I've done. And that hasn't stopped me. And it hasn't stopped, hasn't stopped people from doing stupid things. You know, this is the great equalizer right now. If you have something to say, say it. Uh, this is Jim the Keys Bartender. I'm probably going to do a recorded episode a little later, but thank you for listening. Please share this episode with your friends. I don't know if it's going to be interesting. I did, I did, I talked a little politics, but then I talked about relationships. I talked about cars. Um, you know, sometime we're going to talk, we should talk about uh, erectile dysfunction. That'd be funny. Kind of, you know, little personal. I don't have erectile dysfunction. I hate that word, ED. Well, I mean, it does, there is a thing called ED, but I mean, I don't hate the word. Uh, how do I get there? Okay, let me get back to this. Um, if you like uh, Keys Bartender Podcast, uh, share with your friends. Let, download more episodes. Have some funny episodes. Go back to go back to some of the old ones. You know, this is episode 340, 340. You fucking believe that? I mean, I think in probably what we see, probably this time, right by Christmas next year, I might have 500 episodes. 500 fucking episodes. That's crazy, man. It's hard to believe. But share with your friends. Send me an email if you have any questions. My name is uh, Jim. And you can get me at Jim at the Keys Bartender at KeysBartender.com. Or you can join us on Facebook, Keys Bartender. Uh, or Instagram or Twitter. I don't do a lot of tweeting, you know. I can't wait until Twitter comes down and we just do, you know, some poignant, you know, like, no, this is what I'm eating today. This is what I ran to. Oh, this is what my shirt looks like. No? Well, that's great. You know, not not just tweets about the stream of consciousness, much like my podcast. <laughs> well, thank you for listening. And uh, take care. God bless. And uh, I'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bump, bump.
talk to you later, guys.